Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he didn't just die to wipe away the sins of the world. He died to establish his rule and his reign through the local body of Christ, the church. And when he died and went to heaven, he left us to start a new authority, to create a new world. I'm not waiting. Listen, church, we are not waiting for Jesus to come back to set things right. We're starting now until he comes back. We're going to fight to end poverty. We're going to fight to end homelessness, fight to end racism. It's what the church was called to do, to bring hope and generosity. I love to see the kingdom of God grow. And I don't just mean Journey Church. I love to see the kingdom of God grow because there is a promise attached to expanding the kingdom of God. And I got to mention promise because we are in our series that we're closing out today called Promised. Somebody say Promised. And we're looking at God and we're saying, God, you promised some things in my life and you told me to hold you to it, so I'm holding you to it. And I want everyone in the room today to hear this promise that it's connected to expanding the kingdom because that is what we're doing in our legacy offering. We're expanding the kingdom of God. We are declaring his authority, declaring his rule over the darkness and the chaos and the hatred in this world. And when we do that, listen, something happens in the world and in our hearts. Here is the promise for you and for me today. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. I wonder if there's anybody worried about their life this morning, worried about what you might eat, what you might drink, about your health, worried about what you might wear and how you fit in. Verse 27, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No, but it can definitely take away moments from your life. There is an epidemic of anxiety in America today. Stealing our sleep, stealing our mental health, stealing our energy, messing with our relationships. A lot of it comes from being worried about these things. Verse 30 and 31, Jesus keeps teaching. He says, why do you have so little faith? Don't worry about these things. Saying what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So here's the promise. Here's the promise for you and for me. So seek first his kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. I want to speak to you today on the promise that God makes us in his word. And it goes like this. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. That's the title of my message. If you build it, they will come. I recently heard a preacher say that when we're children, we value things. When we become adolescents, we value experiences. But when we mature, I mean, really hit that level of maturity, we begin to value people. I think this is true definitely in my life. I mean, I like things, don't get me wrong. If my wife gets me an Apple Watch for Christmas, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Something in my eye. I'm sorry about that. I, li I like things. I like things as much as the next person. It's just that when I was a kid and my parents got me a PlayStation for Christmas, that was everything. But today, 
That's just a thing. Did you catch what I'm saying? Today, the real gift, listen, is being able to watch my kids open up their presents. Today, the real gift is cuddling with, with Liz on the, past Liz on the couch watching a movie. Today, the real gift is being able to pick up the phone and call my mom and call my dad and hear their voice because they're still alive with me. Those are the things that I value today. And I think God knows that that is the best gift, which is why on Christmas Day, God's gift to humanity was not gold or else we would have spent it. It was not an experience or else, like our last vacation, we would have enjoyed it and then forgotten it. Instead, his gift on Christmas Day was Jesus. It was relationship. Jesus didn't just die to wipe away the sins of the world. He died to reestablish the bridge of connection between humanity and God. He died to give us a relationship that we can never outspend, a relationship that never gets old, a relationship we can never forget that's with us in the good times and the bad times. And the best part about this relationship, y'all, it's a free gift. Come on now, we don't got it, because that's what a gift is. Imagine on Christmas, you get a present, you wrap it up, oh my gosh, the TV, and somebody's like, that'll be $1,000. It would defeat the purpose of a gift. A gift is free. Thank God it is the gift of salvation and it's beautiful. However, somebody say however. however. Yeah, like the exercise bike you got last year for Christmas, a gift is only good if you use it. It's one thing to have a relationship with Jesus. It's another thing to build on a relationship with Jesus. Mm. When Liz and I got married, we had relationship. It was good. It was real good. <laughs> relationship. We loved each other, but love was all we had. You know, people get married and they're like, all we need is each other. That's true until you get hungry. <laughs> and then you're like, well, things help. You know, things, things are good. Things are good too. We didn't have nothing, man, but we had this relationship. But we committed to building this relationship. And, and as we committed to building this relationship, something happened. Are you ready? The relationship evolved. What happens when a relationship evolves? It becomes a home. Now, this home is what has produced the things in my life. This home has produced three uh, or four college degrees between the both of us. This home has produced two wonderful, handsome children who love Jesus. This home has produced all the vacations you see her posted on Instagram. This home has produced this church right here. It was the home that produced it. The relationship allowed it, but the home produced it. You have a relationship with Jesus, but until you begin to build in that relationship and step into the home of Jesus, you will not receive the things that come out of the relationship. Are you with me today? And now listen, the gift was free, but the home took work. The home took sacrifice. I had to die to myself to build my home. I couldn't just be out for me. I had to realize that as the home went, I went. The home for God, listen, is the kingdom of God. And as we begin to build a home for us and for humanity, all these things shall be added unto thee. If you build it, those things, they'll come. Amen? So what does it mean to build it? What does it mean to seek the kingdom? Number one, if you're going to seek the kingdom, you got to sow into the kingdom. Sow into the, you can't seek without sowing. You can't build without sowing. Now I want to take a second, just a little disclaimer. I'm going to talk about finances for just a moment. Don't freak out. 
I feel like I got to say this every time I mention the word money from the pulpit. We don't need your money. Our church is good. We're doing so good right now. We got zero debt. Praise the Lord. All of our salaries, salaries are under the national average. We have bankers look on our financials. They, 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 they praise what God is doing here. And just in case you're wondering if, if this offering goes to me, your pastor drives a Ford Fusion. <laughs> and I ain't looking to upgrade. <laughs> okay, we live very modest, humble lives. Also, that you can't say anything like that. We try to live above reproach. I, 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 now, but didn't you say you need $60 million to buy the church? Yeah, but if we don't get it, we good. If we got to go from here, that's fine. We grew a church in a high school. We grew a church in a private school. We grew a church online when everything was shut down. You can't stop the kingdom of God. <laughs> so I'm good either way. Here's why I care. Here's why I matter. Here's why I'm passionate, why this matters to me. Here's why I'm passionate about it. Last year, our church grew year over year. From last year to this year, our church grew 51% to God be the glory. But watch the connection. Please watch the connection. Look at the growth in our giving from last year to this year. Well, you don't got to be good at calculus <laughs> to catch the revelation. As the church grew in generosity, the church grew in impact and reach. Well, so if it was to be a real point, it'd be 47% growth, 47% growth. No, because you always reap more than you sow. So it actually went further. So this is why I'm passionate, but not just because of what it does out there, but also because of what it does, listen, in here, in here. When we give, the kingdom grows. Let's read Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 uh, and 20. Don't store up treasures here on earth, here, not here on earth, where moths eat them. Someone say on earth. Where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. But store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Every time I've heard this this verse preached to me, and every time I've preached this verse, I always preached it from the perspective that whatever you give to, your passion in that thing grows. That's how I was taught to me. And that's true, right? The, the shoes I care about most in my closet are the ones that I spent the most money on, right? Then you got your painting shoes that you got from like Walmart, your shacks you bought on clearance somewhere. You know what I'm saying? It's like... They don't make them no more. But you know what I'm talking about if you grew up in the 90s. And so, and, and all that, right? That's true. But there's another revelation when you take into the context, the context of this verse. Matthew chapter 6, there you will be, there where your treasure is, your heart will be also, is the same passage that's connected to do not worry. Listen, the context of where you put your treasure, your heart will be also, is anxiety. Get ready, get ready. What if the reason why we're so anxious is connected is because we're putting our treasure in vulnerable places. And because our treasure is there, our heart is there, and we get anxious. Let me explain it to you in an illustration that might make sense. Imagine that this is your life savings. Does this look familiar to anybody? Anybody see one of these as you walked in? If you didn't, I want you to put it on the screen real quick. This was on the, the entrance to the auditorium. It said, Caution. This is very valuable. <laughs> and uh, it was right there. We have it at East Campus. If you're online, there's a picture of it. And we put it right there on the floor. And there was a bunch of people. When they saw it, they were like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Somebody was like, the cleaning man didn't come today. Okay, I get that. That's just out there. What I was really trying to do was make a point. Most of y'all didn't believe that that item was really very valuable. Why? Because we would never put something that valuable on the ground. 
where it could be trampled upon, where it could be stepped on, where it can be tripped on. I would never put, now ready, the Bible says where your treasure will be, there your heart will be also. I would never put my heart on the ground where it could be stepped on, trampled on, stomped on. This is why we are so anxious. As y'all were flooding in, as y'all were coming in through the escalator, everybody was like, that's what anxiety feels like. You ever feel that? Just in life, people are like, oh, no, please, ah, ah, ah. Okay, did that, my, my heart, my heart, oh, my God. I almost lost it all right there, ah, ah, ah. The stock market went down, ah, da, 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 da. He or she might get elected again, ah, da, 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 da. oh, my God, oh, my God, ah, no, 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 no. Why would we put our, it said what? It said, don't store your treasures on. Because there's too much traffic down here. This is why we're anxious, because we built our life for this life. But if you, built, if you were really smart, you would put this on a high place. Where's Jason? He's the highest place I know. <laughs> Jason, where you at? Jason Garcia, everybody, our worship director. He's the highest, <laughs> he's the highest place I know. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is like a strong tower. The Bible says, who can shake the foundations of Mount Zion? Every time God tries to give you peace, he talks about high places. Because when it's high enough, then the things of earth can't get it. So, so when, that, when that crazy family member comes over for the holidays, you know which one I'm talking about. The one that insists on arguing about the same thing y'all been arguing about for the seven, last seven years of your life. Even though he's bothering you, even though she's bothering you, they can't get to you, hear me, because your heart is on another level. If someone were to break into your Bank of America, your Wells Fargo, your SunTrust, your Truist, I don't think SunTrust is the your Truist account, your, your Capital One, it doesn't matter what they took from you on earth because your true treasure, your true retirement is set up on another level. If your home, God forbid, would have burned down, you wouldn't have to freak out because my home is on another. I've got another home. I've got another house. I've got another place to reside. And it's on another level where the world can't reach it. Go a little higher. Where the world can't reach it, can't get it. Listen, a lot of us spend a lot of money and a lot of vitamins and a lot of time on our bodies and we still get sick. Don't let that freak you out. Why? Because the Bible says that this body is just a tent. And the next body, the one that's on the other level, cancer can't touch that body. AIDS can't touch that body. Diabetes can't touch that body. Cholesterol can't touch that body. Come on. Nobody can touch that body because it exists on another level. Thank you so much, Jason. You got to get your treasure off the ground and onto heaven because when you build, your, when you build the kingdom, peace will come. Peace will come. Peace will come. Peace will come. Let me give you the next thing you got to do. I'm going to go through these next two real quickly. If you want to build the kingdom and see the things happen in your life, you got to serve the kingdom. Serve the kingdom. It's not just money, y'all. Look, 1 Timothy 6, 18 through 19. Command them to do what? And be rich in what? Good deeds. You know, you can be generous with your talents. You can be generous with your skills. Be generous and willing to share, verse 18 through 19. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Somebody say coming age. You know this life ends, right? Just drive past a graveyard if you need to be reminded. And that there will be another life after this life. And, here's the, here's the point, and this life, when it ends, there's a final exam. Did you know there's a final exam for this life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I used to be a professor. I was a university professor. 
And I remember my first semester, I made my finals super hard. I wanted to be like the hard class to pass. So like kids in the cafeteria would be like, Pastor JJ's so tough. You know, like I wasn't a pastor back then, but JJ's class is so, Professor JJ, so class is so tough, so hard. And then I got brought into my supervisor's office because so many kids were failing my class. I was almost going to lose my job. And so, so, so I switched it up. So next semester, I wrote the final and I gave it to everybody on day one. I gave everybody the final and I said, this is the final exam. Prepare for this test right here and you will pass the class. Would you believe people still failed that class? <laughs> they knew the answers. They knew the questions. They just didn't prepare. It's my job as the pastor of this church to prepare you for the final exam when you face the Father, when this life is over. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's a two-question test. I'm gonna give you question number one. When you face the Father, it's gonna be the first question. What did you do with my son, Jesus? And there's only one right answer to this question. Hear me. You can write it down. Come on, I'm gonna help you pass earth today. There's only one answer to this question. I received his free gift. I received this free gift and I love God so much because if that's your answer, you passed. I received this free gift. What about all that time in your 20s and in your teenage years and all the, the thing you did in your 40s and those three divorces? I received his free gift. You're in. But here's what they don't tell us enough of. Listen, that for everybody who passes that first question, there's a second question. Even us believers will stand before God for a second time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear, all of us, before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what it is due, what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Here's what God's going to ask you. Second question. Cool, cool. Now, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do on earth with the talents I gave you? What did you do on earth with the entrepreneurial skills that I gave you? What did you do on earth with the singing ability that I gave you? What did you do on earth with the music ability? What did you do on earth with that sense of humor that I gave you? Did you use it to build people up or tear people down? What did you do? And he's not coming to punish us, by the way. He's not asking these questions to harm us. Look at the last verse, last section of the Bible, Revelation 22, 12. Look, I am coming soon, and my what? My what? He's coming to reward us, y'all. Like if salvation wasn't enough. Dude, I just want to get in. And he's like, no, I actually have more for you when you get here because I'm so grateful for how you helped build my kingdom on earth. I've got a reward for you for the way you spent your gift. Listen, build the kingdom and purpose will come. And purpose will come. And purpose will come. That's why I want to invite you today at 5 p.m. We've got next steps, step too. If you've been coming to our church for a while and you're ready to take the next step, getting on a team, using gifts and talents, it can be something as small as opening the door for somebody. It can be something as small as, as leading kids, which is not small, but leading kids in our journey kids or helping teenagers meet Jesus in our journey youth or being a part of our legacy team or our admin team or any of that. You've got a question coming for you when this life is over. How did you build the kingdom? How did you build the kingdom? How did you build the kingdom? Because if you build the kingdom, listen, purpose will come. And I'll tell you, I think one of the things we're missing in life the most is purpose. When I look at this vase on the floor, the crazy thing about that vase is it doesn't change what it's made of. It's still made of what it's made of. 
When I look at that vase, if it, was, if it cost me $1,000 in the store, it cost a thousand. Its value doesn't change, but there's something wrong with this vase being on the floor. I'll tell you what's wrong with this vase being on the floor. We can all feel it. We just don't know how to articulate it. So let me put it in words. It wasn't made to be on the floor. You weren't made to sit in a chair. You were made to share the love of God with people. You were made to make Jesus accessible to anyone. You were made to bring light. You were made to change the world. You were made for something. Here's my last one. You were made to share the kingdom. Share the kingdom. Share the story of Jesus Christ with people that you meet. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be grabbing a microphone on the corner of the street. It can just be loving on people. It can be sharing your story. James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. And here's how exciting it gets in heaven when one person makes a decision. Verse 10. Count on it. That's the kind of what? That's the kind of God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. Journey Church, we are responsible for 866 parties in heaven in 2023. Come on. It was like Cinco de Mayo every day in heaven. New Year's Eve every day in heaven. That's how excited the angels are. Why? Because build the kingdom. Here's what a lot of us have been missing. Ready? And passion will come. When was the last time you were excited about anything? I mean, really excited about anything. You know what your life has been lacking? A mission. Get your life a mission. And watch how passion enters in to what you do. Some people think that, that they, they need a, you know, a new, new career to be happy. What if you don't need a new career? You just need to renew your calling. I need to move to a new city, then I'll be happy. What if you just start moving within your city? I need to find a person, then I'll be happy. What if you just help a person be found? I think you might be happy then. Well, I don't like preaching the gospel to my friends. I always feel like I'm selling something. I know people tell that all the time. You know, you, when we invite people to Christmas and Easter, it kind of like we're like pitching a two-for-one sale, you know? And it's like, if you come today, it's worth twice, you know? And, I don't like that either, but we're not selling, y'all. We're not selling. A good book I read once was a, a book called Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And it's his story how he started the company Nike. And he said this, he was never a good salesman. All of a sudden, he became a great salesman. And he tried to figure out what made him so special. He said this, I'd been unable to sell encyclopedias, and I despised it to boot. I'd been slightly better at selling mutual funds, but I felt dead inside. So why was selling shoes so different? because I realized it wasn't selling. I believed in running. I believed that if people got out and ran a few miles every day, the world would be a better place. And I believed that these shoes were better to run in. And people sensing my belief wanted some of that belief for themselves. You know why I could stand here with a big old smile on my face and pray to God that we raise $16 million so that we can have an anchor in the city of Orlando to reach people? Not because I, I need money or want money or drive nice cars, but because I believe in this person called Jesus. He changed my life. He rescued my mind. He saved my marriage. He raised my kids. He kissed 
me hope. He gives me peace. And I don't just believe in him. I believe that if everybody believed in him, the whole world would be different. That racism would be a thing of the past because people would not see a man for the color of his skin, but the color of the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross. I believe that if people believed in Jesus, there'd be no poverty because we would all give from what we had so that our fellow brother could live because we recognize what Jesus gave for us. I believe that if we all believed in Jesus, there'd be no more mass shootings because the value of one life would be recognized. But what Christ gave up on the cross for one life if he had to. I'm not ashamed to share this. I'm not ashamed to ask you to come to the front and give because we can change the world if we do it. We can change our world if we do it. And so like we've been doing every Sunday for the last seven years, what this church is really about, our mission to make Jesus accessible to anyone. If there's someone in this room today, hear me, and you're far from God, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you talk about all these things that I'm talking about. You're like, I don't even want those things. I just want peace. I want purpose. I want passion. I want life. Awesome. Here's, here's, here's number four for you. Step into the kingdom. It's free, y'all. Just step on in. I wonder if there's anybody in the room today who wants to be 800, number 867 this year whose lives will never be the same again. If that's you, every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to count to three. If you want to come back home to Jesus, give your life to him, make him the Lord and Savior of your life. When I say three, raise your right hand. Hi. I'm ready to come home. I need this Jesus in my life. I can sense your passion. I believe that it's real. I believe God is real, and I need some of that. I need some of him. On three, if you're ready to give your life to Jesus. One. Two. Forget who's around you. Just raise your hand high. One. Two. Three. Right now, all over this building, raise your right hand. Come on. So many hands. Because you can sense it. He's in the room. He loves you, and he wants to have a relationship. But you can put your hand down. I'm so proud of you. I don't know how many hands that was. I looked like 20 or 30. We're about to break 900 right here in this service. Praise the Lord. Whether you raise your hand or not, let's not leave our brothers and sisters alone. I'd like everybody to pray this prayer out loud with me, if you would. Be so kind. Everyone say, Father God, I heard you speak today, and I'm answering. I'm coming home. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I love you, Jesus. Help me love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Put your hands together. Welcome everybody who made a decision to follow Jesus today. Hey, well, listen, we're going to do something really, 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 really special in just a second. If you can help it, I'm going to ask you to stay seated for the next 10 minutes, and then we'll, you'll be home in 10 minutes, okay? You'll be out of the room. If you just raise your hand and make a decision for Jesus, we have a card here called the Connection Card. This is the first thing I want to say because it's nothing more important than this. we got to get you plugged into the family of God. So you can pull out that Connection Card. It's in the seat back pocket in front of you. If you raise your hand, don't leave here without filling out that card. Let us know you made a decision. Put it in the black box behind you. Pastor Liz, would you come up here for a second, if you would, please? Love you so much, baby. Thank you. Everyone out. Ooh, yeah. Shout out Pastor Liz. They love you more than me. But I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at it. Um, so excited about what we get to do now, uh, which is participate in our legacy offering. Would you help me out, whether you plan on giving in this offering or not? Uh, would you just pull out the thing that says commitment card? Everybody just grab one. When you're done with it, you can put it back. Even if you don't use it, you can put it back. But if you could just entertain me 
just grab one in your hand. One for family is fine. Just one for family. And um, I want to walk you through it, and then we'll, we'll, I'll walk away. The band will play, and then we're kind of almost done. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll respect the moment. At, with that card in your hand, in today's legacy offering, we always ask for three things. One, for those who haven't begun tithing yet, that's giving back to the Lord 10% of what he gave you. That's called a tithe. Everything I have belongs to God. He wants us to recognize that by giving him 10% of it at the beginning of the month. We always do that. My wife and I have been tithers our whole life, but in 2020, when things got tough and churches were shutting down, we got scared. You know what we did when we got scared? We didn't lower our giving. We increased it. We began tithing at 20%. We told each other we would do that for one year. It's been three years now, and we've stayed tithing 20% because the blessings of the Lord have just been so great over our lives. We're like, I don't want to mess with it. Don't touch it. Leave it. The Bible actually says in Malachi that this is the one area of your faith where you're allowed to test God in the area of finances, and he'll prove himself true. Number two, if, if you already tithe, we're asking, would you consider giving a gift above and beyond the tithe? Now, if you need a card, you can just raise your hand. Somebody will hand you one, but a gift above and beyond the tithe. We know a lot of people at Journey Church are doing that. We have our check right there, or we have our check over there on the seat, and it's the biggest check we've ever written for Journey Church outside of launch day when we sold our home and cashed out our retirement accounts. Other than that, it's the biggest check we've ever received and uh, we ever given, and we're excited to do that. And then the last thing we're asking for is really just 100% participation. So Pastor Liz is gonna pray for you in a second, and I'm gonna tell you how you can give. We've got four easy steps. Step number one, you and your spouse, or you and you, <laughs> are gonna be uh, pulling out that card, and you're gonna pray, ask the Lord, what should we give? How should we respond, if, she would, if we should give? And whatever the Lord puts on your heart, that's what you wanna put on that commitment card. But we really encourage you to pray first. Pray first, that's been the vision of the whole year. Um, after you fill out the card, we want you to fill out this promise card. This is my second favorite thing we do at the end of the year. You can look at this promise card in the front. It's in the seat back pocket in front of you. I want you to ask God for something impossible, something that stretches your faith. I love our creative team. On the back side of this promise card is just a bunch of scriptures, literally just a bunch of scriptures because our hope is not built on air. Our hope is built on the Word of God. And so when I write this thing down on my promise card, I want you to know I'm building this prayer request on the promises of God. And I want your impossible thing to be written there. Pastor Liz has been writing the same one down for seven years. Mine keep getting answered, uh, but I got a new one this year. We'll keep praying for that one. We know that's going to be a good one um, when God does that. Um, but God just keeps answering. And so, you know, he's, he's awesome like that. And then number three, you're going to take both of them, and you're going to come down, and you're just going to put them in uh, one of these We've got 12 or 14 of them spread out. Each one is a separate line. You're just going to put it right in there. But as you do that, here's the last thing we want you to do. Listen, we want you to stretch your hand over that glass right there, you and your family, and we want you to pray over that. This is a holy moment. It's a holy moment, powerful moment. God does not take it lightly. He knows all the financial struggles you've been going through this year. He knows what you've been praying for for 2024. It's a holy moment. So pray over that. Pray over that. And then number four, as you head back to your seat, if you haven't given already, because you can give in an envelope, which is also in the backseat pockets, then you can just give digitally. You can give digitally. You can, for the first time ever, you can donate uh, stocks or cryptocurrency, whatever is easier for you. Um, at journeyall.com forward slash promise. If you're part of our online church, we have all these cards on that webpage, and you can fill them out at home and uh, send them to us on a special form that's on that page as well, because we would love to pray for you. Our prayer team is going to be praying over all those. And the first person to pray over you right now is going to be Pastor Liz. When she says amen, we're going to put our gift in. We're always the first family to do so. We'll pray over it. And then you'll feel free to line up in front of a, a, a jar, put it in, and then pray right after us. You can head back to your seat. 
and worship with us, or you can head home either way. Can we all bow our heads and close our eyes? Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this reminder about sowing, God, and what it does to our life, how it gives us purpose, and how sowing into your kingdom is the place to sow, God. So we just pray right now that you would just help us, God. Speak to us, God. We want to give what you ask us to give, God. And when we do that, we're sacrificing, and we're never more like you when we sacrifice because you sacrificed your son Jesus on the cross, God. So we just pray right now that you just help us to be more like you, God. Lord, that we would not be afraid, God. If there's anyone here that maybe is afraid of sowing, God, we just pray right now that you would help them realize how much is going to bless their lives, God, giving up their lives to you, Jesus, God. And we just pray, God, your word talks about whenever we we ask, you hear us, God. So I pray that you would hear us today. And I pray for all these families who are going to be giving up so much, God, that you would just bless them, God, not just financially, but spiritually, emotionally, God. I just pray that this year coming, God, that you would just bless them in ways they can't even imagine, God. Lord, we thank you and we ask you, God, also for these promises, God, that we're depositing here today. We believe in these promises that to us seem impossible, but to you, it's totally possible, God. So we just pray over these promises as well, God. We thank you and we ask you all these things in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.